Welcome to our special edition of PCTY Talks at SHRM 22 in New Orleans. It's day one at SHRM's annual conference, and joining me on the mic today are Sarah Noel Wilson and Dr. Teresa Peterson, who have an upcoming session at SHRM this week and are working together to help leaders understand and navigate the complexities of the humans they serve through transformational coaching and workshops that can build and rebuild teams. Sarah and Teresa, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. So I'd love to dive right in. What are the top things HR professionals need to address when it comes to building trust in organizations? I think the one thing I would love HR professionals and and frankly, anyone who's in a position of formal authority and power is to not assume that they're creating safety. I think a lot of times we see people who assume that they're creating safety and so they don't pay attention to it. And that's something that's really important in our work is to help people um, get really courageous in looking at and listening for and seeking out insights to what are the what are we doing or not doing that's actually getting in the way of us being able to create safety. So I think I think one of the first places we need to start is a, a, a welcoming of the idea that our place of work might not be as safe and and also then safe for who 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 actually feels safe here. So that was the first thing that came up for me as you asked that. Yeah, I, I want to echo that, Sarah. I think if if people don't feel safe, psychologically safe, the rest of the work uh, is superficial at best. That has to be in place and it has to be in place for everybody. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we talk about trust, and trust is it's complex and it's not. You know, there are there are things that we do systemically. There are things that we have with our policies and our procedures and our benefits. But the reality is, is that, you know, trust is eroded over time. Every single interaction, this is something we're really passionate about, is helping people understand that literally every single interaction you have with somebody, whether it's formal or informal, whether it's in person or virtual, you're having an impact, right? You're either building trust, you're sustaining trust, or you're decreasing trust. And sometimes I think we um, take those smaller moments for granted. I mean, just I'm, we had a session recently where some of the things that people reported on that made them feel less trustworthy were things that I assume leadership was like, that's not that big of a deal. We're just going to take away this. or We're going to change this or do this and not including people in that had a, had a really significant impact. And so just being really intentional in all of your interactions um, to make sure that you're coming from a place of authenticity empathy and um, really sound thinking. Yeah. And I would echo, um, this is, this is coming to me from a conversation I just had, but, and not taking for granted that people, um, that people know you trust them to make a decision or that um, they have your trust or that they can share with you. Sometimes the people um, fall into the trap of assuming everyone knows they can approach them um, or they just should know that our relationship is solid instead of having a conversation about it, even with just a few words to say, I trust you to make this call or you know you can always come to me and saying it over and over instead of a one-time opening grand gesture. That's such a good point about saying it over and over. Um, you know, there's one thing to be onboarded into an organization. You have your first one-on-one and your manager kind of gives you the lay of the land, the expectations. But yeah, if you don't hear it over and over, you might you might think that's just, oh, it's just something they say. Yeah, it's lip exactly. service. I, I think that's something that, you know, when we talk about the complexity of trust is everyone is coming to the table with different 
Um, uh, buckets of trust, if you will, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so depending on my lived experience, especially yeah. if I'm a member of a marginalized community, I'm more than likely coming in from a deficit of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, or if my experience is one of working in a traumatic workplace, mm-hmm. that I mean, that's something that we <clears throat> we hear a lot because we'll work with leaders who've been brought in to turn around a team. They're like, I don't understand why they don't, you know, like trust trust me or trust that it's, well, the last leader, the last person in the position of power and authority caused actual harm and created such an unsafe retaliatory uh, environment. So you have to work even harder to, to rebuild that and then heal, heal that divide. Mm -hmm. I see that so much in the HR space when you might have somebody come into an organization and they get introduced to HR for the first time. And depending mm-hmm. upon what kind of culture you've created in your HR department and what your role is in an organization, you can be seen as the policy police. And mm-hmm. so yes. if that's been your experience working with HR and they come to you and they're like, hey, I want to know about your career aspirations and where you want to go. It's like red flag. Like, why mm-hmm. do they want to know that? What like, yes. Are they going to take away responsibility or whatever? So I, I – Man, that's so important to think about those little pieces like you talked about is they are telling a narrative on, mm. on what the organization thinks about trust. I mean, it's, it, it, and, 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 you know, I spent, I spent quite a few years in HR that it's, it is challenging because, you know, people think, oh, well, you're the group that hires and fires. And, and that is true. And we have to understand that there is an inherent power dynamic in being in HR that will influence and can influence a relationship. So again, we have to work even harder to build those relationships that me just caring or being empathetic or compassionate isn't enough because just like a manager, we have influence there. We can influence somebody's potential opportunities. We can influence their development opportunities, right? That, so we always have to be aware of that power dynamic just by virtue of the power HR has. So as you guys look ahead to this week and to the amazing content that's going to happen here at Sherm and all the amazing speakers, including yourself, what are you most excited about for this year's Sherm? I just want to hug people. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to the energy, people being excited, and hopefully with the people who are willing and open a lot of a lot of good hugs and just laughter and smile and seeing each other. And, and also just, yeah. So, I mean, and, and obviously the set sessions are always amazing. There's always great opportunities for networking and learning, but on a personal level, um, connection is, is really important to me right now. It's my first time coming to Sherm. So I'm excited to just take it all in. I don't, um, I don't know what the whole week will be for me. So I'm excited to just go along for the ride with some learning and connections and um, just keep meeting people, keep connecting and eating beignets. So those are my priorities. So many beignets. We've been talking so about many. that. We're going to be double fisting beignets. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just going to so, have one in each hand every morning. Yeah. <laughs> Learning, connecting, eating. That's, that yep. is, those are my priorities for the week. I love it. I feel like that that's our tweetable quote, right? <laughs> Learning, connecting, eating at Sherm 22. Um, so last but not least, you have a session coming up. What's the title of your session here at Sherm this week? And when, where is it being hosted? Yeah, it's called More Than Feedback, How Receiving Feedback Can Impact Trust and Safety. It's Tuesday morning at 7.30, bright and early. Get up, get <laughs> so your beignet get, and yeah, come on over. <laughs> bring bring it. You can eat the beignet in the session. We will Absolutely. not be offended. Uh, and uh, we're in room 275 to 277. And it's going to be 
I mean, a couple of things. We're big believers that theory is great, but tools are better. Um, We always believe in coming from a place of abundance. And so our job is to come and share as much as much practical insight and practices as we can. Practical practices. You like that redundancy? I like that. (laughs) That's how practical it's going to (laughs) be. But to really, to really examine, and again, from that place of trust and realize that every single time we're asking for feedback, it's, it's actually more than the feedback we're getting. What we're doing is sending a message of, is it safe to disagree with us? Is it safe to bring up hard stuff? Will we take action? And more importantly, uh, do we retaliate? Which is not something that people maybe would own that they do, but we know that that is literally the most common fear people have when being asked to give feedback because they're afraid of retaliation because of how common that is. And one more thing I wanted to mention. So following our session, we will be doing a book signing for the book that I wrote called Don't Feed the Elephants, Overcoming the Art of Avoidance for Powerful Partnership, which was my love letter to fellow conflict avoiders and how we can understand our avoidance and move forward. So uh, I'll be there signing. Teresa will be there answering questions. And you can pick up the book in the bookstore. And we would love to uh, hear what you think about it and see you see you after the session. Well, awesome. I'm excited about the session. And uh, make sure you check it out here at SHRM 22. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join the conversation using hashtag PCTYSHRM. 